you saw fit that another week we could come out and be here. And we thank you for that opportunity, God. But we don't wanna leave this place without being changed. Hey, this is Taylor and welcome back to Elevate Retake. We want you to experience faith as the continual everyday process of learning more about the Bible, ourselves, and God, and believe that this podcast will be just what you need to come to a closer relationship with God. Our episode today is titled Rest and the Busy. Your engaged question is, when was the last time that you rested? Our key passage for this episode comes from Ephesians 5, verse 15 through 17, and it reads, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. Those who are wise, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. So our key theme for this episode is Sabbath is a rest from the frantic pace of this world. God offers a day to step back, and to step into his rest. So God, today I pray that you come in close, right here, right now, that you, the God of rest, would sit down beside your busy people and help us to pause for just a moment and hear a word from you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I'm gonna go out on a limb here. It's a very strong limb, but I'm gonna go out on a limb and say, we live in a crazy, fast-paced world. Do you agree? Yes, 100%. You know, and it's very, very apropos as well that the title of today's message is Rest and the Busy. And in fact, I found myself nothing but busy this week trying to get ready for this service to be here with you. And isn't that interesting, especially those of you that um, maybe speak, maybe your pastor the one thing that you're contemplating for the week that you have to talk about is the one thing that you struggle with the most. It seems like revolving door at my office, which, hey, I welcome revolving doors because it's good to connect with each and every one of you. This thing pops up. That thing pops up. Boom, 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 boom. We're busy, busy, busy. And who am I, a busy person, to talk to a group of busy people about how we rest, right? Doesn't quite make sense. But there's some things from Scripture today that I hope at least I myself catch, and maybe you'll catch them as well. And you know, maybe you're, you're not convinced yet that we live in a busy world, but let me throw a few facts at you real quick up on the screen. The average phone user, this is from a 2016 study, touches their phone 2,617 day, times per day. Ever thought about that? How many times you reach for your phone? And that's counting how many times you, you tap on something. It's not just simply the reach for the phone. It's how many times you're tapping, you're liking, you're scrolling, you're moving. You could touch your to phone 2,000 times per day, about two and a half hours. Now, there are some super users in the house. I don't know why we call you a super user, because this seems a little depressing to me, but you touch your phone 5,400 times per day and could spend up to or more than five hours on your phone per day. Is this hitting home for anybody or is this too close to home? Make you feel a little bit uncomfortable yet? We live in a crazy, busy world. But you know, it's not just our phones because we jockey for position at HEB, don't we? You're shopping for your groceries. You come walking up. I'm guilty of it too. You're scanning the lines and you're saying, well, her cart's really full and his has got a lot of stuff in it, and that one's kind of backed up here. Let me scoot in right here so I can catch 
the quick lane, the fast lane. Uh, maybe you're, you're driving down the road and you're, you know, coming to a stoplight that's got multiple lanes and you're counting cars. How many are in my lane versus the one to my left and the one to my right? And do I need to move to be able to navigate through this light a little bit quicker? We try to multitask, cooking dinner, texting mom, studying for an exam while the clothes are in the laundry. Can anybody relate? Okay, a few of you. I see some noggings of head. I know this is hitting maybe a little bit too close to home. There's a story written by Letty Cowman in her book, Springs in the Valley. She writes of an English colonist who took a trip to Africa, and he's trying to explore, and he's wanting to colonize here. And he hires some porters, and he's wanting to make a quick trip into the jungle to explore. They get all of their gear together. They, they got everything. They're loaded up. They're running out into the jungle, and he's pushing everybody hard. He's saying, we've got to go. We've got to go. We've got to survey the land. We've got to get this thing figured out where we're going to head. And they go, and they go, and they go until dark. They rest, and it's struggle for everybody to sleep because they're swatting mosquitoes. They're trying to get a little bit of rest. He wakes up early in the morning, and he tries to roust everybody, and especially the locals who he's hired. And he says, we've got to go. We've got to move on to the next thing. Come on, we've got to go. And they just sat there, went back to sleep. And he's scratching his head. He's like, man, I, I've got to explore this jungle because we've got to figure out our destination, where we're headed. He said, guys, come on, let's move, let's move, let's move. He tried conjoling them, he tried teasing them, he tried to give them a hard time. Nothing would work to get them to move. Finally, he asked them, hey, why, why, why won't you move? The locals replied to him who were carrying his baggage. They said, we're waiting for our souls to catch up with our bodies. See, the European colonialists who had moved there, fast-paced, 100% of the time. But those locals, those indigenous people in Africa, knew something that maybe we struggle with as well, that we're running, running, running so far ahead of our own souls. And our souls have become tired. Our innermost being hasn't caught up with where we are John Mark Comer describes the hurry sickness that we have in our world with 10 symptoms of the hurry sick. These are those irritability, hypersensitivity, restlessness, workaholism, emotional numbness, out-of-order priorities, lack of care for your body, escapist behavior, slippage of spiritual disciplines, and isolation. And real quick, I want to put it up on our Slido screen, so if you've got that, keep it handy. Head on over to slido.com, put in the code 114, um, and this is anonymous, but I just want to get a sense of the room. How many of you over the past six months have experienced one or more of these symptoms? Irritability, always kind of on edge with what's going on, hypersensitive to the situations around you, emotional numbness, workaholism, out-of-order priorities. Show results here. And you can pick more than one. You don't have to just pick one. So we'll kind of get a sense here. Looks like the majority of you have felt over the past six months that there's been a slippage in your spiritual disciplines, how you worship, how you pray, how you Sabbath, study of your Bible. 
And number two, rising very quickly, is the escapist mentality, turning to something else to try to get away from what's going on in our world. This goes down. Some of you have been irritable, lack of care for your body, mixed up priorities, emotionally numb. I don't want to take a poll this morning or have you raise your hands, but it's likely that a lot of you picked a majority of those symptoms that you've been experiencing over the past six months. And it's tough. We live in a very, very difficult world. We're running from here, running to there. We're hurry, we're restless, we're tired, and we just simply can't seem to get ahead. Thank you for your honesty this morning. But we can't just leave it here because if we do, well, there's no hope, right? We're just stuck, we're tired, we're irritable, we're restless, we're workaholics, all of those things. But there's hope. Because Jesus offers a different way to live. Matthew chapter 11, up on the screen for you. He says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We looked at this last week and learned that Jesus doesn't offer just kind of the the past, the easy way to get out of things. No, he offers a better way to work, and he offers an easy yoke, an instrument, a tool that you can use to live your life. And today we're going to specifically unpack one particular aspect of the easy yoke. And we're going to do that by starting off in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. So if you've got your Bibles, turn with me there. We're done with Slido for the morning. I know it's uh, inviting you. I'll go ahead and uh, turn this off so it's not distracting us. Turn your Bibles, Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. And Jesus... As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And I want to stop right there if we could go back to verse 38. Isn't it true in our spiritual walk that sometimes we encounter Jesus and we are excited to welcome him into our home and to our heart? Have you been there? Jesus, you're coming through. Come on into my heart. Jesus, you're at Elevate this morning. Come on into my heart. Let's make room. Come on, Jesus. Let's, let's do this thing. Come on into my home. Come on into my heart. Luke eleven thirty nine. Her sister, this is Martha's sister, Mary, sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. You've been there before? You've been at the feet of Jesus. You've, you've seen, you've heard from him. You've come and you've rested a while sitting down in your living room with him, listening to every word that he speaks. Take a, look at Mar- take a look at how Martha responds to this in Luke chapter 11, verse 40. Martha was distracted. Sound familiar? Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. Now, if maybe you're an older sibling, you've felt like this before. Maybe younger sibling, you're realizing, maybe you get off easy sometimes, but the older sibling, Martha's saying, 
Come on, Jesus, like, I'm over here slaving away in the kitchen so that we can have a meal, and Martha is just sitting with you in the living room, like, I'm trying to do some good deeds for you, I'm trying to get this done. Can, can you just tell her to come work with me so we can get this finished? And isn't it so often that after we invite Jesus into our heart and into our home, we start to tell him what needs to happen? Start to tell him the things that he needs to do in our lives to, to, to fix things. Instead of coming and sitting down before Jesus and listening to everything that he teaches. Here's Jesus' reply in verse 41. Jesus said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. Verse 42, there is only one thing worth being concerned about. And Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. And I love this part of scripture because it's a cutscene. We don't know what happens yet. We don't know how Martha responds. We don't know how Mary responds. We don't know how Lazarus responds. We're just left with this, and Jesus and his disciples move on to another place, and he begins to teach his disciples about prayer. But we have this small little vignette, this look at Jesus and what he's asking Martha to do. She's distracted. There's a lot of things going on in her life. She's got to juggle everything. Pots are crashing in the kitchen and spices are going everywhere. And if only, if only my sister could help me out, then things would be okay and we could move on from this. But Jesus says, hold on, Martha. You're missing the point. Mary's got it. There's one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. But what is that one thing? Because Jesus doesn't say it. He kind of leaves it open for us to go hunting for it. If we go back a couple of verses, we see that it was Mary was the one that sat at Jesus' feet and listened to everything that he taught. The one thing that Jesus was emphasizing to Martha and to Mary was this, that time spent in the presence of God. Can't trade it for anything. Coming to the feet of Jesus, listening to Jesus to have him direct your life and order your steps and to walk in his way, you'll experience the truth and then live the life. And Jesus is pointing out to Martha, you can let supper get cold. You can pause it halfway through. The souffle is going to be okay. Why don't you come and rest a while with me for a moment? And this is revolutionary. But not because it's the first time Jesus is talking about it, but maybe it's the first time that some of his disciples are hearing it. Because if we go back to the very, very beginning, and I'm not talking about Jesus' ministry, I'm talking about the, the first time that God is hovering over the waters of the deep. And the earth was formless, and it was void, and there was nothing here. And the God of the universe, the maker of all things, spent six days toiling and working. He throws stars up in the sky, he makes the sun and the moon, there's light and there's flashes of color. And I can imagine the whole time the universe is singing as God is painting his beautiful portrait and tapestry of what this earth is meant to be. And he bends down on hands and knees at the end of the week and creates Adam and Eve. He says, 
This is very good. And then he rests. It's in Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God finished his work of creation. So he rested from all his work. Verse 3, God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. In the Bible, as we're reading scripture, uh, just quick understanding of how we interpret, when the Bible says something multiple times, the same way when your mom says something multiple times, the Bible's trying to emphasize it. Your mom's trying to emphasize it too. God rested. God rested from his work. He worked and then he rested. God worked and then he rested. And in the very beginning, before anything, before Adam and Eve could barely do anything, yeah, Adam names all the creatures and Eve is created. But then God says, hey, I, God, have been working hard this week. Why don't you come rest with me? You haven't done anything to deserve it other than that you were created in my presence. It's a beautiful picture of what Sabbath is. It's a beautiful picture of what salvation is because what do we do to earn or deserve salvation? Nothing, absolutely nothing. And the only thing that you can do, you didn't do yourself and that is God creating you. There's nothing you can do to deserve that salvation. And God says, there's nothing that you can do to deserve the rest I'm giving you, but I'm giving it to you anyway. Because he's trying to establish from the beginning this cycle of living that's going to be counterintuitive to the way that the world operates. If God himself sees that presence is something that's worth pausing for right after creation. He's saying, come and pause. Be with me for a moment. If God himself sees that as something worth pausing for right after creation, then maybe we should reevaluate how we view rest. God blessed it. He sanctified the Sabbath day. Then the story continues. You know, Adam and Eve, they grow up a little bit. They have kids. Well, before that, sin enters the world. They have kids. Their kids have kids. Their kids have kids. Their kids have kids. Kids, kids, kids. We meet Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. They have kids and have kids and have kids. And we come to Exodus. And there's this group of people called the Israelites who have been living in oppression for 400 years. God's trying to get them out of there. He sends this guy by the name of Moses. Moses is like, I can't. you want me? God says, yes. Okay, I'll do it. Pharaoh, let my people go. Pharaoh says, no. Let my people go. No, let my people go. No, let my people go. Ten times. No, 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 no. Okay, fine. You guys get out of here because I can't handle this anymore. And one of the first things that God tells the children of Israel after he's destroyed the Egyptian armies in the Red Sea, after he's brought them out of oppression and he's freed them, he says to them, I am the Lord who what? Heals you. Isn't that a beautiful picture of who God is? I'm the God that heals you. What I'm doing for you is to bring about a way of life that's different from the world. I want to take you out of the oppressive state that you've been in and bring you into a state of glorious freedom and rest. Immediately following this passage, 
He goes on to tell them about the new ways that they're going to be living. And sometimes we ourselves get caught up in all the intricacies, the details about what they were supposed to do and when they were supposed to do it. But weaved throughout the story of the Israelites coming out of Egypt, God reminds them that they must remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. It's in Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. You may come from a culture or background that reads this every Sabbath morning before you come into church. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. Verse 11, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything in them, but on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. He comes to the children of Israel and he says, remember, when I created the heavens and the earth, I established this 24-hour period, sundown Friday to sundown Saturday night, for you and me to spend some time. Remember that. Remember the seventh day. Israel will forget it. They'll kind of fall by the wayside. And so in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 15, remember This is immediately after Deuteronomy's version of the fourth commandment. There's a different reason for it this time. Remember that you were once slaves in Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out with a strong hand and a powerful arm. That is why the Lord your God has commanded you to rest on the Sabbath day. Remember the place that oppressed you. Remember the place that made you work so hard. This is why I'm calling you to rest. Sabbath is a way to stay free and make sure you never get stuck back into slavery. Or worse, become the slave driver yourself. God established rhythms of rest throughout the Bible, and we could spend the rest of the day looking at them. And from the outset, they seem a little boring because they're, they're kind of stacked within some of these rules. And, and it, but at the end of the day, It's a beautiful picture of a God who's trying to bring healing to a nation who's been working so hard for 400 years. Couldn't we get a little bit of that healing today? Is there anybody here that wants a little bit of that healing? This is the place that you can find it. Not because this is the only place that you can find it. Because God wants to walk beside you every step of the way. And he says, my presence, that is the one thing. Coming and spending time with me, that's the one thing that you must do. Invite our praise team to come back up and share with us a few more songs this morning as we finish up. But we've got to come full circle now. We originally, we looked at the story of Mary and Martha, right? Martha's the busy one in the kitchen and Jesus, or Mary is the one sitting by Jesus' feet. Jesus reminds her, says, Mary, it's where you need to be, in my presence, right here, right now. This is the way of Jesus. It's Matthew chapter 11, 28 through 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You're distracted, come to me. You're busy, come to me. You're worn out, come to me. You're sold out, come to me. You're bent out of shape, come to me. The burdens are stacking up higher and higher, and Jesus says, come 
to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Dan Allender, in the book Sabbath, writes this. The Sabbath is an invitation to enter delight. The Sabbath, when experienced as God intended, is the best day of our lives. Without question or thought, it is the best day of the week. It is the day we anticipate on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And the day we remember on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, Sabbath, is the holy time where we feast, play, dance, sing, pray, laugh, tell stories, read, paint, walk, and watch creation in its fullness. Few people are willing to enter the Sabbath and sanctify it, to make it holy, because a full day of delight and joy is more than most people can bear in a lifetime, let alone a week. Jesus extends an invitation to you today to come and rest in his presence. That is the essence of Sabbath That's why we as a faith community set aside sundown Friday to sundown Sabbath evening, Saturday night to say no to media, to say no to regular responsibilities, to say no to the distractions of everything that's going on in your life. When was the last time you rested? Hopefully after today, your answer will be (laughs) really really recently. But I offered the invitation, hey, why don't you try some rest? Why don't you try what God is offering, this Sabbath thing? What does that look like for me? I don't, I don't get, you, you say happy Sabbath all the time, and uh, yeah, we gather on Saturday in a worship. What, is it, what does it look like for me on a ground level to enter into the delight of Sabbath? I've got three ways for you. How do you accept that invitation? Set aside a 24-hour period with no work, responsibilities, or school. Students, this is your perfect time. You get a 24-hour, completely guilt-free break from school. Anybody up for that? Okay, a few of you. The rest of you, try it. I guarantee it'll transform your life. And you'll realize that you get more done during the week than you would if you took that time on Saturday to study. So set aside that. I'd recommend sundown Friday to sundown Saturday night. But if that's not your thing yet, that's okay. At least try that 24-hour period. Uh, here's, Here's a challenge. Disconnect from media for 24 hours. We're on our phones all week, right? We touch our phones over 2,000 times a day. Your phone does have an off button. You realize that? That became like a factory default since, I don't know, they started making them. You can turn your phone off and you can find peace and rest for your soul. And lastly, intentionally spend 24 hours with friends and family. Sabbath is a time that we get to gather. This is an expression of that. We're part of each other's family and we're definitely definitely each other's friends. And if you haven't met somebody that you haven't met this morning, I encourage you to do that on the way out. Hey, what's your name? I can only see your eyes. What's your name? I'd like to get to know you a little bit more. Last text I wanna leave with you today. And before our praise team sings about the goodness of God, Exodus chapter 31, verse 13. God speaking to Moses, saying, I've got a message for my people. Tell the people of Israel, be careful to keep my Sabbath day, for the Sabbath is a sign of the covenant between me and you from generation to generation. It is given so you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. 
Isn't that beautiful language? Oftentimes, Sabbath has been preached as the thing that either keeps you in God's camp or keeps you without. God says, no, 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 no. The Sabbath is a sign that we've got a relationship and a covenant together, and we're in this for the long haul. God says, I've offered this 24-hour experience to say that you and me, we're tight, and you're welcome in my presence anytime but especially on Sabbath, sundown Friday to sundown Saturday. Why don't we spend some extra special time together? You and me, you, me, and your family, you, me, and your friends, away from the phone, away from the distractions of life and the careful world. I wanna pray over you today, is that all right? I invite you to bow your heads with me. God, thank you for your grace and for your mercy that is totally overwhelming and undeserved. God, we thank you that we have time to come and to rest and to enter into your presence. God, I pray this morning that you'll touch the hearts of those that are here. They're part of our Keen Forever family, part of our Elevate Forever family, and God, I'm thankful that they're here. Maybe today, God, there's someone that's here that hasn't truly connected with you in that way Sabbath, in the way of Jesus, in the way of rest that's transformative. And if that's you today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I invite you to stand, that you want to make that stand and say, I'm going to reinvent the way that I do Sabbath. I'm going to reinvent my life and live a different way that God is calling me to live. If that's you today, I invite you to stand. God sees you, God knows you, and he's wanting to draw closer to you today. And it's my prayer that you experience maybe today Sabbath for the first time and it's true and full intent that God would draw close to you here and now and that you'd experience his presence. And maybe today there's some of you who haven't stood, man, Sabbath, I've got that. Maybe you wanna stand up and support those who have stood and, and accepted this new way to live. I invite you to do that now. You say, I'm with my brother and my sister that's next to me that's standing. I am standing next to them to support them along the way. I invite you to do that now. God, you see who in this room is standing for you. And I pray today that this Sabbath is an extra special delight where your children, your sons and your daughters can draw close to you you to them. God, we thank you and praise you for who you are. We thank you for your goodness that's beyond our wildest imagination. And God, we dedicate this day, these 24 hours, completely and utterly to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Have you ever told someone that you're busy when in all actuality, busy is sitting on your phone or laptop scrolling the web? Or, as I like to call it, doing research for class. I have definitely been doing that the last couple weeks, but in my relationship with God, I need to rest and spend time with him, yet my phone or homework has distracted me. I am distracted, too busy, and maybe just a little bit overwhelmed. The Lord wants to heal me and to show me his truth and life. 
You know, I liked how Pastor Michael quoted how the Sabbath is an invitation for us to come to the light, to Jesus' light. I encourage you to come to Jesus when you need that special Sabbath or rest time to sanctify the Sabbath and keep it holy. I also encourage you, say no to the distractions of this life. Come and rest in the presence of our Savior. Michael here. Real quick before you go, we want to hear from you. Maybe you've got a story of life change. Maybe one of these episodes has challenged the way you think. Maybe there's something that you agree with or disagree with. We want to hear from you. And the easiest way that you can do that is to go to the App Store or the Play Store and download the app Anchor. Once you've done that, you can search for Elevate Retake. And then on our page, you can submit a voice memo. Just Click voice memo, make sure everything's quiet around you and give us 30 seconds to 60 seconds, your response to an episode, a story of how the love of God has transformed your life and how you have come to a better understanding of who God is. Or maybe you haven't, maybe there's something in your life that's caused you to doubt. We wanna hear from you and maybe, who knows, your voice could be featured on the next episode of Elevate Retake. So we would love to hear from you and we look forward to seeing how this podcast continues to impact your life. So until then, we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. Elevate Retake is recorded weekly at Elevate, a community fellowship of King Church. Our audio is captured by Blake Snyder. Sound design and editing are done by Shane Miosi and Inspire Productions. Our executive producers are Michael Gibson and Jonathan Coker. Our team includes Evelyn Alanise, Candice McCormick, Semu Segola, Alethea Galvin, Emily Weaver, and Issa Manu. Special thanks to Danae Sanji and 88.3 The Journey and the King Church Media Team. You can find Elevate Retake on Instagram at Elevator Take. For more about Elevate Community Fellowship, visit thisiselevate.org. Currently, our services are live streamed every Saturday morning at 1015 a.m. at thisiselevate.org forward slash live. We'd love to have you join us. There's always room for one more.